Good morning. So glad to see everyone here this morning, along with those that are joining us on Facebook Live and T102 radio station. It's a great morning outside. Thank you, Kay. It's always wonderful to have you at the organ on Sunday morning. It really sounds good. Vacation Bible School was a great success this week. Tori will be sharing more later in the service. At the end of the worship today, the kids will share us with some of the songs they learned this week. And we are also asked that at 9.35, the kids all go to the ministry center so they can get ready to go and juiced up. <laughs> Next Sunday, Pastor Tori will be preaching another message in her series on spiritual warfare. And now if you would, stand and join me in the call to worship, which this morning comes from our blue hymnal, page, 40, page 86. And after that, we will continue standing and sing the marked verses on hymns 87, 88, and 89. Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the authority and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. To him sits on the throne, and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever.
Now we'd like to invite all the children forward for children's chat with Carolyn. And while they're doing that, please take time to greet your neighbors. Good morning. Look at all of you bright, shiny faces. Did you have fun at Bible school? Yeah. Yeah. I am so excited to hear you sing. Wow. Who am I? Hmm. You don't know who I am? (laughs) Caleb, come on. Elizabeth's grandma. There you go. That's one. But you don't know who I am? I'm the lady that talks children's chat, huh? I'm the grandma portion of it. Maria's the mom portion. (laughs) Okay, well, that was a hard question, wasn't it? Yeah. Now I have a question. Who's Jesus? God. God's Son, our Savior. Any other things you can think about him? He's easier to answer, isn't he? That's good. He's God's Son. Yes. Yes. And he is also God because God became a man when he came to earth, didn't he? He's all a part of the triangle, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he is Lord over all our lives. He's here for us. He cares for us. He loves us. Jesus is love and kindness. And to really know Jesus, who he is, we need to show love and kindness to other people around us. So that shows us that we can be a lot like Jesus. And Jesus is the key to heaven. How is he the key to heaven? Do you have an idea? Hmm? Yeah, he opens heaven. How does he do that? He died. He died. That's right. He died so he could take all of our sins away, didn't he? So we could get to heaven. Yeah. Yes, he washed them away. So then we would be qualified We'd have a free ticket into heaven if we believe that Jesus is God's son and he is our savior. So Jesus is a lot of different things, isn't he? He's a lot of things in our life. He's our salvation and he gives us eternal life by taking our sins away. So you think about that and listen today for the next few weeks. We're going to talk about who Jesus is. Pastor Joel is going to do that. Let us bow our heads for prayer, please. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for revealing yourself through Jesus. We know that he is our Savior and our Messiah. Help us to remember that and share it with others. Thank you for your love. We love you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, Carolyn. Thanks, kids. You guys can head back to your seats. Just want to take a moment before we invite our deacons forward for the offering to just share a couple things with you. Uh, first of all, the um, information in your bulletin is, is a week out of date. It says that the offering is for the general fund, but that was last week. Our Today's offering does go to support the radio fund. Um, and again, I know we've talked about this before, but being on the radio for the decades that we have been as a church family has been a, a blessing, not just to us, but to the many people that listen to our services week in and week out. So we're offering today, 
will support the radio fund so we can continue to broadcast our services on T102 every week. Also want to take time at this point to just draw your attention to the scripture reading plan for the summer. It's printed in your bulletin. It looks something like this. Um, as if many of you I know follow along with the weekly scripture reading plan, I often um, organize those around maybe the theme from the sermon or some other topic for each week. Uh, but if you notice this week in your bulletin, there is one for the rest of the summer. And as Carolyn helpfully pointed out during children's chat today and, and going through the rest of the summer, we're going to be looking at the question of who is Jesus, right? And looking at it from what scripture says about Jesus as our Lord, our Savior, the Son of the living God. And so we're going to be looking at each one of those kind of titles or ideas each week throughout the summer. But I thought there's no better way for us to learn about Jesus and who he is than by reading scripture itself. So if you notice with the scripture reading plan, starting tomorrow, there's it's laid out to read a couple chapters every Monday, Wednesday, Friday of the week throughout the rest of the summer, ending around Labor Day. And what this reading plan will do, if you stick with it, was you, you will read all four Gospels in their entirety throughout the summer. And so as we preach, as I preach each week about who is Jesus and looking at different aspects of Jesus' character and his life and his work and his ministry, you can, if you're following along, be reading about those those things each week as well. So I want to encourage you to be reading along and with us this summer as we continue to explore the topic of who Jesus is and why that is important to us. So that information can be found in the bulletin this week. It's also on our website. There are copies just like this. If you want just an individual sheet to maybe tuck in your Bible or hang on a mirror or something like that, there are copies at the info center um, and it will be in the newsletter that we send out later this month. Also, if you're one of those that listen on the radio or watch online and you don't, you know, you're not in New Knoxville, you can't swing by the church to pick up a copy, you can always go to our church website and uh, contact us through the contact page and we'd be happy to mail you a copy or email you a copy as well. So we hope that all of you are willing to participate and be part of this summer reading program. It sounds like we're part of the library there, right? The summer reading program um, as we as we study the Gospels this summer and look at the question, who is Jesus and why that's important to us. So at this time, I want to invite the deacons forward. Once again, our offering this morning is for the radio fund and encourage you to give as you feel led today.
Amen. One quick note as well. I forgot to mention during my portion of announcements. Um, if you are a, a child, you know, here for the, if your child is participating in the closing songs here today uh, with VBS, um, we're meeting again, as Dave said, in the ministry center at 935 uh, to just get everybody together, get everybody organized and practice the song. You don't want to get up yourself and go, Beth, who is our song leader for VBS, is going to meet over here in the in the heritage room and she can walk some of your kiddos over next door if you're here and you want to send them with her. By all means, if you want to get up and walk them over yourself, that's perfectly fine, too. But Beth offered to walk a group of kids over if you are if you would prefer to do that as well. So at this point, let's continue our time of worship here. And I misplaced my bulletin, but thankfully it's up here. Let's sing our next hymn, which is number 435 in your blue hymnals. I invite you to join me in prayer at this time. Father God, we come before you because you invite us to come before you in prayer. Lord, it is a privilege. It is a joy. It's a responsibility and an obligation, Lord, that we have as believers to come to you and lift up our joys and our sorrows to you. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are a friend of sinners, that you are the one who meets us. And it is in and through you that we have access to our Father in heaven. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the one mediator between God and mankind. 
We thank you that it is through your sacrificial death and your resurrection that we are guaranteed salvation and we are guaranteed that, that God hears our prayers. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are present with us, that, that our, we don't have to go to a, a certain place or pray in a certain direction or at a certain time, but that you are always present with us and that we can pray through your presence and power. And we know too, Lord, that your word says that when we're not sure what to pray, when we're not sure what words to speak, it is your spirit that guides our thoughts and our prayers and prays on our behalf. And so we thank you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, for all that you are and all that you've done for us. And it is in faith in you and trust in you that we come before you now and pray. And we lift up our concerns to you. Lord, whatever, whatever burdens we carry into this place today, we lay them at your feet and ask that your good and perfect and pleasing will will be done in each and every situation. Lord, we know our prayers and concerns list and our bulletin uh, represents names and, and families and individuals, Lord, that, that are in need of your help and your provision. And so we pray, Lord, that you would bless those who are in need, that you'd provide those who are lack for provide for those who may be in lacking and bring healing to those who are hurt and ill. Lord, it is in and through you that all good and perfect gifts come. And so we trust that you will work according to your will in each of those situations. And Father God, we pray for those in authority over us as your word calls us to do. And so this day we pray for our local governments. We pray for the, the village of New Knoxville and Auglaise County and all the surrounding communities. And pray for those that are in positions of leadership, that they may lead wisely and may make decisions, Lord, that are honoring and pleasing to you. That they would have a hunger and thirst after your righteousness and that they would be filled. And we thank you, Lord, for this church family that you've you've placed here in New Knoxville. We thank you for the time uh, we had at VBS this past week. We thank you for the many volunteers and teachers from teenagers on up, Lord, who were able to, to help us uh, put on such a wonderful ministry. And we thank you for the students, Lord, that were there, the children who got to hear about your love for them and, and how you, Jesus, died on the cross for them. And I pray, Lord, that those seeds that were planted this week would bear much fruit both now and in the years to come. Lord, may those children and all, Lord, all of us that were involved in VBS grow in, in faith in you and, and, and that you would deepen our faith as a result of the ministry here this past week. Lord, we thank you for all these things and pray them in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The scripture reading this morning is Matthew 16, verses 13 through 20. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you? he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the most replied. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Thank you so much. Let's pray together again. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to hear from your word. And I pray now that as we take time to study it and reflect on it, Lord, that you would be glorified 
and that your Holy Spirit would soften the hearts and minds of all those who hear it. Lord God, may you give me the words to speak, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. I remember in school, there was always that one kid in the class when a teacher was, you know, going over a lesson plan or writing things on the board. Actually, this is the perfect time. Kids, best heading over. If you want to head over and get ready for our songs at the end of the service, now would be a perfect time to do that. So thank you, Beth for and Tori, for leading them. Well, I guess I don't know if you're going. No, you're staying here. Never mind. Thank you, Beth. Um, there's always that one kid in the class who who would ask the teacher, is this going to be on the test, right? I don't know if you, maybe you were that person, right? But there was always that one student who asked, is this going to be on the test? They wanted to know if that information that the teacher was relaying was important enough to remember, right? Because if it wasn't going to be on the test, they probably weren't going to bother learning it. Now, as Jesus is having this conversation with his disciples, he asked two very important questions here. And I can imagine one of the disciples was probably thinking, is this going to be on the test, right? And if Jesus was going to answer that question, he would probably say yes, right? These questions are going to be on the test. And really one in particular, Jesus asks his disciples, who do you say I am? That's the question that we're going to begin to explore today. What we're going to do today is kind of lay some foundation about why that question is important to begin with. And throughout the summer, we're going we're gonna to explore the answer to that question because it's not just a simple, easy answer. We see Peter respond, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But we see from the testimony of Scripture that, that who Jesus is, is is much more multifaceted and complex than just a simple one-word or two-word answer. And so throughout the summer, we're going to be exploring that question, who is Jesus? And more importantly, what that means for us as well. See, this is really a turning point in the Gospels. As hopefully you will be reading along with us throughout the summer, you'll notice that this this pericope, the story, occurs in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. There's a, a kind of a similar passage in the Gospel of John, but not exactly the same. But in those three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, this event, this question represents a turning point. After this, after Peter answers this question on behalf of the disciples, Jesus begins to openly speak of his death and resurrection. And you see the the movement of the Gospels, the flow of the narrative begins to point towards Jerusalem and what we all know will take place, Jesus' death and resurrection. And so we may wonder, why is this question so important? Why is it so important that that Peter, on behalf of the disciples, and by extension, really all of us need to answer the question, who do you say that Jesus is? And that's what we're going to explore here today. But notice he begins not with who do you say that I am, but he says, what do what do others say about me? Right? Jesus wants to know what they've been hearing from others in the crowd. And notice the answers that they provide here. They say, some say he's John the Baptist. Right? For, and we'll give a little recap here of, of why, these, why these people were significant. Right? John the Baptist, from an earthly perspective, was Jesus' cousin. But he served as kind of the forerunner, the one who prepared the way for Jesus' ministry. He preached the gospel of, of repentance and a baptism of repentance in the wilderness. And many people believed that he was the Son of God. Me, many people believed and prepared the way for Jesus, the Son of God, to come. And so, we, and so John's ministry really laid the groundwork and laid the foundation for Jesus. And John the Baptist was eventually killed by King Herod. You also see that some people say that Jesus was Elijah. Elijah was an Old Testament Old Testament prophet, one of the most significant, well-known prophets in the Old Testament. And Elijah is unique in that he did not die a natural death. Instead, the scriptures talk about Elijah being carried away to heaven in a fiery chariot. And there were, and there was the belief that he would return again 
before the day of the Lord. In fact, one of the final verses of our Old Testament in Malachi 4, 5, it says just that, that Elijah will return before the day of the Lord. And so some thought that Jesus was this second coming of Elijah, when in reality it was, it was John the Baptist who served that role, preparing the way for Jesus. The third answer here is that, is that Jesus might have been Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Again, like Elijah, like Jeremiah, the prophets were people who boldly proclaimed the word of the Lord. God often sent prophets at time of, of disobedience where, where God's people were turning away from the Lord. And so he would send the prophets to preach the word and draw them back to himself. And from the testimony of Scripture, we know that God had not sent prophets to Israel for some 400 years before Jesus, or at least not a prophet that we have recorded in Scripture. And so many saw Jesus as the next in a long line of prophets who were sent from God, not any greater, not any less than the predecessors. And so, and so the disciples, right, shared with Jesus about some of the things that they'd heard. And there's other other answers that we could fill in from our own perspective, right? There's this kind of a trend. There's this meme of, of showing a picture and then asking for wrong answers only. And, and I wasn't sure how to, how to demonstrate that for you this week, but VBS provided the answers for me. Um, on Friday, I filled in for the fourth grade class, and every one of the classes had these teaching aids throughout the week, right? You see a picture here. This is David being anointed as king, which was the lesson, I believe, from day two of VBS this week. And so when I was in the fourth grade class, these were hanging on the wall. And I said, all right, I haven't been here with you throughout the week. So can somebody recap? What do these pictures mean? And so they were going through and we got to this one and they were telling us, telling me that this is David being anointed as king. Right answer. And so then somebody asked, who's that guy with the beard anointing David? And I asked the class, I said, who do you think that is? And one person raised their hand and said, it's Santa Claus, right? He's got the beard to fit the description, I guess, but that's an example there, right? That's not Santa Claus, that's Samuel. That would be a wrong answer, right, for this picture. And so as I was trying to prepare for the sermon this week, I was thinking of what are some of the wrong answers that we provide for that question? Who do people say that Jesus is? Well, there's plenty of, there's plenty of wrong answers that seem good on the surface, right? That he's a wise leader, he's a moral example, of Jesus as their kind of personal cheerleader, right? He's just going to support them and cheer them on no matter what they do. That he's just some, uh, just this idea of love, just these vague, happy feelings, but he's really not a person. He's an impersonal force. There's some people that think that Jesus is simply, you know, eternal fire insurance, right? He's just, he's just that a way of escaping eternal punishment, but doesn't provide anything more than that. There's some wrong answers that are obviously wrong as well. Some people view, view Jesus as, as a cosmic killjoy who's just out to ruin all of our fun, that he is judgmental and looks down on everybody from on high. Some people view Jesus as a cosmic vending machine or personal genie, Right, that he will give us whatever we want as long as we press the right buttons and put the right amount of money in, he'll give us what we want. Some people view Jesus as a cruel dictator. Some people just think he's irrelevant, that he's a nobody from the backwoods of Nazareth, a man who lived 2,000 years ago that has no impact on today. How many of you have heard answers like that? I know I have. But the question that's most important here is not what do other people say about Jesus? See, that's what Jesus does here. He starts off with that question, but then he turns it directly to the disciples. Who do you say I am? Jesus makes the question personal. See, we can't rely on other people's answers. We need to own our own faith. We need to make it personal for ourselves. See, many of us for a time have, we rely on other people's answers to that question. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's a, a pastor or youth pastor. Maybe it's a spouse. 
We rely on what other people say about Jesus and kind of, kind of fly by on their coattails. But Jesus asks us the question, not what do other people say, but what do you say? So we need to answer the question for ourselves. And Peter's response gives us the model here. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. There's two things briefly that I want to point out because we're going to dig into more of the details later on throughout the summer. But there's two important things here that Peter says. You are the Messiah, God's anointed one, the chosen one, which really emphasizes Jesus's humanity because the Messiah was going to be a human leader who God would raise up to lead his people. But he wasn't just the Messiah. He was also the son of the living God, which speaks to his eternal divine origin, emphasizes his divinity. And so we have Jesus is both a a great human leader who's going to lead God's people, but he's also the very son of the living God, divine. He is both fully God and fully man. And after Peter's confession here, we see Jesus give him a new nickname. His name was Simon, but this is where he gets the nickname Peter, which means rock man or rocky. Jesus is utilizing a play on words here. He says, he tells Simon that he's going to be called Peter, right? He says, and it's on this rock, which the Greek word is Petros, on this rock, I will build my church. So what is the rock that Jesus is speaking of here? It's the confession of faith, the trust in who Jesus is and his identity. The church is built on the true and faithful confession of believers. The foundation of the church is a faithful commitment to Jesus as the Messiah and the son of the living God. This question is so important because there's a lot at stake here, right? Wrong belief or wrong answers lead to faulty and crumbling foundation. If a true and faithful confession of Christ is the rock on which Christ is going to build his church, then if you're building on the wrong foundation, you're ultimately going to fail. Wrong belief also leads to wrong action. Because what you believe about Jesus is going to impact everything you do. So if you have a wrong image of Jesus, if you have a wrong answer to that question, your life is going to reflect that. So Christ, he is the foundation and the head of the church. And we need to make sure we're building on the right foundation. And Jesus promises that the gates of hell, right, are not going to prevail against the church when it is built on that true and faithful confession of Christ. Ephesians 2.20 says that the church is, is being built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Right? Everything we do as a church is built on our understanding of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. So what I want to focus on here for just a few more minutes here is, is how are you going to answer that question? Right? Again, we need to make it personal, right? The answer to that question needs to be personal. We can't just rely on other people. We can't rely on what, what your pastor or your parents or your spouse or your kids say. You need to answer that question for yourself. And so the first thing you need to do is make that answer personal. Own your faith, right? Study the word for yourself so that you may know who Jesus is. The answer needs to be personal, but it's not subjective. You don't get to decide who Jesus is for yourself apart from Scripture. Jesus is who he is, whether you believe him or not. He does not change based on popular circumstances or opinion, popular opinion or circumstances. Now, he may reveal different aspects of his character to you over time, but he is who he is regardless of our circumstances and what we think. The second thing we need to understand is that the answer is revealed. It's not, it's not deduced. And what I mean, notice that what Jesus says to Peter here, he says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, right? For this answer was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven, right? God makes himself known to us through his word and through his Holy Spirit, right? Scripture itself is the word of God. If we want to know what God is like, if we want to know who Jesus is, we need to look no further than this. That's why we're reading the Gospels together this summer, so we can read for ourselves who Jesus is. 
But we also need to ask for the Holy Spirit to illuminate the scriptures for us so that we may understand. Not just in our heads, but in our hearts. We need to read and pray. Right, the best way to hear from God is by reading the word that he already gave us. But we need to also ask the Holy Spirit to help us understand and apply that word. That's his role. Jesus says that the Holy Spirit is given to us to guide us into all truth, to remind us of the things that Jesus taught, that we are given the mind of Christ so we may understand who he is and what he's done for us. Right? It's the difference between knowing about someone and knowing someone. And so the answer to that question needs to be personal. It is revealed to us through Scripture and through the work of the Holy Spirit. And last, that answer is foundational. See, Christ is the center of Christianity, right? There is no faith apart from his saving work on the cross. He is the one mediator between God and man. And so we need to remember that it's not knowledge itself that saves us. We can memorize scripture. We can have every answer to every Sunday school question correct, but it will not save you if you don't know Jesus for yourself, if you don't personally trust him as your Savior and Lord. We also need to remember that good works cannot save us, right? Being a good person isn't going to earn your way to heaven. is isn't going to save us either, right? Church membership is important. Don't, don't hear me wrong here. But it's not our name on a membership role that's going to save us. Perfect attendance at Sunday school doesn't save us. It's possible to be born and raised in a church, right? Attend services week in and week out and still not understand and trust Jesus as Savior and Lord. But here's the good news, though, right? The opposite is also true. That a lack of knowledge does not disqualify you from the kingdom of God. That a lack of good works does not disqualify you from the kingdom of God. That a lack of church membership or attendance does not disqualify you. And we know that example, again, from the Gospels themselves. As Jesus hung on the cross and there was a thief crucified next to him. He said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. He didn't say, all right, you need to get down from the cross and answer these five questions. He didn't ask the thief about his synagogue attendance. He said, today you'll be with me in paradise. The moment that thief trusted in Christ and believed that he was who he said he was, he was saved. As the old saying goes, it's not what you know, it's who you know. So you need to believe he is who he says he is, the Messiah and the son of the living God. You need to trust in Christ, receive his promise. Don't ignore or neglect his role in your life. Again, it's not our it's not our knowledge of Scripture that saves us, but it's our knowledge of the one whom Scripture speaks about. Right? It's knowing Christ and Him crucified, trusting in Him as Savior and Lord. And throughout the rest of the summer, we're going to talk more about what that means and why it's important to us. Let's close in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word, which does reveal your character and your your all that you've done to us, for us. Lord, help us to know and trust you. Help us to answer that question, who is Jesus for ourselves? And may we answer it, Lord, in a faithful way. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Invite Tori forward. She's going to give us a, a VBS recap as the kids come forward for our closing songs. Good morning. Well, VBS was a huge success this year. We had an average of 127, or 27, 172 kids each day and around 63 teachers and helpers, and it was so much fun. Uh, our kids spent the week learning all about how they were created and designed by God and for His purposes, and also how the Holy Spirit empowers them to live a life of faith um, every single day. And so, you know, at the start of every year, I always wonder, you know, if we're going to have enough help and if we're going to have enough teachers and if we're going to be able to pull this thing off. And every year, God reminds me that 
he's the one who supplies the help and the teachers and fills the positions. And this year was no different. He brought all the help that we could possibly need and brought all the exciting kids that you see in front of me right now. Um, but, you know, if you know a teacher or a helper that was involved with VBS this year, please take time to thank them. They really make this ministry possible, uh, and it's, we couldn't do it without them. Um, but every year also, our kids also, or God also uses our kids to bless other ministries. And so this year, our kids raised $3,715.90 for Rustic Hope. They also brought in 431 food items for Agape. So I love watching the Lord work through our kids to be the hands and feet of Christ to other ministries around our area. So I just want to say thank you for supporting Vacation Bible School through your delicious cookies, through your prayers, and to those who help as well. It really takes our whole village to be able to pull this ministry off each year. And every year, God comes through and he uses our community to be able to reach out to our kids every single day for a whole week and teach them about them about him. Um, So I'm going to stop talking because they're all in position and ready to share a few of the songs that they learned this year at VBS. Yeah. 
out, kids. Um, we are going to close up our service here in just a moment. I'm going to offer up a prayer. And then these wonderful kids are going to walk over to the Methodist Church and do the same thing over there at the start of their service. So don't scatter. When we close out in prayer, I'm going to ask uh, some of our leaders and some of the parents can help walk the kids over safely. And uh, we're going to sing the songs next door at the Methodist Church as well. So thank you, kids. Let's give them another round of applause for singing here today. Let's close with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the joyful noise, Lord, that we just heard lifted up to you in praise and worship. And we thank you for the wonderful week of VBS that these children and all of the helpers had. I do pray, Lord, that you be with us as we go from this place. And we thank you again for the opportunity to gather here and to worship you and to praise your name. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may go in peace.